Now we shall read in the book of uh, Matthew 23. Uh, we shall read only one verse, verse 23. Matthew 23, 23. Uh, the Bible says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the, the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. This ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Amen. May the Lord add blessings. Uh, and I'm going, to I'm going to speak on, uh, to maybe, uh, can I say, expound on what I believe the, the Lord was meaning in that verse. And my topic is the weightier matters. Now, the, the, if, if I can just paraphrase it, or a little bit about it, said that this, he was, Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees and the scribes. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were like the preachers of our day. They would read the, the scriptures and expound them to the people. Especially the scribes. Now, and he was telling them, you are hypocrites. Because you look at the these, these things that he's talking about. Pay, paying tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. Mint, anise, and cumin, these are spices. They are like salt and pepper. Little, little things. And they were stressing that even those little things you have to pay tithe of. You, know, you spend all your time teaching to teaching people little little things and you omit the weightier matters. And Jesus identified three areas of the law that they should have focused on before they go to the tithe of the, the salt and the peppers. And he talked about judgment, faith, and mercy, which are, which are also addressed in the law. But then these people they would, folk, they would leave those ones out and focus on the little, little things that don't matter. And if you, if you, if you notice, Jesus did not say that they should leave those things alone. Even the tithes of the mint and whatever, they are he didn't say that they should leave them alone. He says, don't leave them undone. In other words, don't neglect them. But don't spend time on them. So then, I am going to talk about those weightier matters. Now, first of all, I want to deal with the idea of priorities. Because we have the whole word here. There are many issues that we should talk about. 
if we are going to talk the whole all the issues that are in the word of God and, and the things that people should obey even if we never leave church even if we, are, we live here Talking about them, uh, meeting after meeting, meeting after meeting. We shall never exhaust the word of God. That is true. But now, there are some things that are more important than others that we should both talk about. And also, in our lives, you as a Christian, there are some areas that you should make sure that that are okay before God. You put, you secure that first before you move to other things. Now, and Christians who have not mastered that. You find that they focus on some things. They make sure that they have, been, they have become perfect in those areas. But they neglect some other things that they should take care of that they should take care of that are very weighty. Let me first give, and, and, I mean, just give you the idea, prove to you that that concept is there before we, we get to the real issues. Themselves. If you read in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, and then he says, from verse 1, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. <laughs> Is it scriptural to speak in tongues? Would you like to speak in tongues? That you are so inspired. You get so deep in the spirit. That you speak with tongues of men. And I'm not talking about wrong tongues. I'm talking about the proper tongues. Of men and angels. Wouldn't that be a wonderful experience? Is it? Yeah, sure. Tongues is part of Christianity. It's part of the blessings that God gives us. But now, if you speak in tongues, if your, your makeup is in such a way that when you pray, you get so deep in the spirit until you speak in tongues of men and angels. But you have neglected charity. All that speaking in tongues, although it is the scripture, but you are nothing. It becomes useless. In other words, it's better for a Christian when he becomes a Christian and there is there's something on the menu here, the menu of the Lord. There is the blessing of speaking in tongues and there is the blessing of love. What would you want first? I would rather take love first. Love is a weightier matter. I would prioritize love before I go to speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Now, then, 
And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have no charity, I am nothing. And even in real life, we see people who who get in the, they, they have achieved the understanding of the word. Brother, they cannot, you cannot defeat them in scripture. They know so much. They have revelation. They understand mystery. And there are some others. We find preachers who have so much faith that they heal the sick. See? They can move mountains with their great faith. But when it comes to love, they have nothing. You find they are arrogant. They don't love people. Now, all their great knowledge, all their great faith, in the eyes of God, they may look great in the eyes of the people. They may have a lot of fame, but in the eyes of God, they are nothing. In other words, if, you are, if, if the menu is here before you and God tells you, I can give you faith, so much faith that you will move mountains, you will cast out devils, you will do everything with the faith. I'll give you so much knowledge until you can you can preach the word like, a, like an archangel. And you can bust all mysteries. You know everything. You can explain all mysteries of the Bible you can explain. See? But on this other hand, there is faith, there is love here. What would you choose? Although this is the word, although this is wonderful, but the Bible is telling us here, if you have this without love, you are nothing. See? So, there is something like, like prioritizing the word. What comes first? What would you rather have? Although the other is also the word. No, let me read the last one. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Amen. You are so dedicated that you fight, you can. We can sacrifice anything to be able to serve God. See? Eh? To the extent of having your body burnt. But in the face of all that, when it comes to displaying love, the love of God between you and people, you find you are arrogant. You are so dedicated. It's okay. You are so dedicated. You read the Bible. You pray the whole night. You love God. You go to church. But when it comes to people, you have no charity. You don't tolerate people. You don't value people. All your dedication is useless. Is that right? According to the Bible here. 
So although dedication is the word, but love comes first. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, I can talk a lot. Give you a lot on the on the on other areas. The Bible also talks about taking to the ministers. Uh, talking to ministers to rightly divide the word of truth. It's like this. Like what this that we read in our opening scripture. Because these were also ministers. The scribes and the Pharisees. They were taking the things that are in the law. Because it is scriptural to pay tithes. But day in, day out, day in, day out, they are just stressing. And until people become so expert tithe payers that they even pay tithes on the salt and the pepper, little, little things they have to pay. It's the word. But then, at the cost of these other greater things, that Blessed be the name of the Lord. And also, Give, just to give you the last example, uh, in the home, Mumaka. we have, you know, if I give an example in the natural, in a home, there is, there is the father and the mother, they are grown-ups there, and there are, uh, are children of various ages, and in that home, there is food. There is food for adults. And food for little children. All of it is human food. But then, you better be discre have discretion. A little suckling baby. You cannot give it meat. Although it is human food. And he is also human. Right? So you would know how to, what food to give to each person. According to their status. And according to their, to their age. So you've got to be discriminated. In the same way. You've got to be discriminative. Are you with me? So I'm just talking about choosing the right food for the right person. So now, Kakati, let's go to the things that Jesus identified that are priority for every person to secure. These things, you should secure them first. Before you go to other things, you should make sure that these ones you have, they are guaranteed. Now the first thing he talked about is judgment. See? My brother, my sister, there is no need of you knowing the, the seals you know the thunders. You understand all mysteries. You can expound the book, the book of Revelation. All mysteries. And all symbols. You know them. You can silence everybody. But there is something in your life whereby when judgment day comes, you are on the wrong side of judgment. When God judges the world, you will find that you break the word of God in your life in such a way that you will face Judgment, and you will you'll be judged to go to hell. See? 
Let me tell you, my brother, my sister. God has called you. For whatever work he has called you. Some of us have been called for a great work. Some of us just a little work. Is that right? Yeah, our work is not all the same. Some of our ministries are small. Others have a bigger ministry. Some people's ministries are international. That's, that's their responsibility. Or nationwide. Many people, many people depending on them. See? Or maybe even in this church. Some of you brothers. You have responsibilities in the church. The whole church is looking up to you. Some of you brothers. Maybe the only responsibilities God has given you. Is to guide your family. Right? Yeah, all those things are in the message. There are some, we are given greater responsibility. Others are smaller responsibility. But let me tell you, great or small responsibility, let me tell you the, the first thing that God has given you to do. And what God is going to require of you before, before you account for other people. It is your own soul. Your own soul. That is the first thing that you have got to give to account for. God has given you the responsibility of taking your soul through the trials of this world. Through opposition. Through temptations. Through a lot of things. And you deliver your soul. Safe on the feet of Jesus. Uncontaminated. There are some people that are so zealous. In, in defending their doctrine. Until they contaminate their soul. <laughs> I was in school with a, with a Seventh-day Adventist. And we used to talk a lot about, uh, you know, debating on uh, scriptures like that. They really believe in the purity of the body. And of the soul, I guess. Yeah. But then, when we were seated with him like that, in the school bus, uh, one, boy, one boy who was behind us, he lit a cigarette and started smoking. So he carelessly blew smoke. Over our heads. This, my friend, he was so angry that he stood up and punched this guy. Now, when the, when the fracas quietened down, I asked him, now, my friend, what is worse? See, if you just contaminated this, this guy's smoke, it, it just contaminated the body. But now by punching him, you have soiled your soul before God. What is worse? You get me. We get so zealous. 
in defending our doctrine and defending our group until we, we, we injure people we have no love we spoil our Christianity See? Instead of having our souls clean and pure before each other and before God so that you don't injure anybody. Nobody is complaining about you. Nobody is accusing you. Because let me tell you, Jesus said, if you have an enemy and you are there's somebody complaining about you and you go to offer a gift and you remember there is somebody who has something against you leave your gift there and go and get reconciled first. are those the words of Jesus? so what would be the point in defending your arguments and for your religion. And in the course of doing that, you injure people, you cut people, you make enemies. Christians who are complaining about you. And you are in danger of judgment. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The first thing that we preachers ought to do is to make sure that people are safe on the day of judgment. That when they stand before God, they shall not be condemned. And you as a person, as, a human, as, a, as an individual Christian, before all other things, you should make sure that there is nothing against you. You have repented of all sin. The prophet said that you are not fit to live until you are fit to die. In other words, if Jesus would come right now, are you ready to go with him? If you, if you are to get a heart attack or an accident, God forbid it doesn't happen. But suppose it happened. And you go to meet God. Right now. Are you ready? Wait See? Now, if you are not ready, then you are not fit to live. See? Yeah? So, as a preacher, I should teach the people to live every minute that they are ready to meet God. There would be no need of teaching them great things, wonderful things But they are not ready to meet God. Judgment comes first. Let everything be under the blood. And the Bible says eh, that time, must be, time has begun that is 1 Peter chapter 4 uh, that says that time has begun when judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. Is that right? Yeah, this is 1 Peter chapter 4. Let's just read it. I don't, I don't have too many scriptures. Uh, it says, For the time is, is come 
that judgment must begin in the house of God. And if it began at if it first began at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Blessed be the name of the Now, judgment must begin here. Oh, shouldn't we be shouldn't we be thankful to God? Because on the day of judgment, I don't believe that there is something that will happen on the day of judgment that we Christians don't know. Right? God has given us the privilege of the judgment now here. It's like if we have uh, national exams. Like when People are graduating from secondary school. And they are getting ready to join the university. Usually there is a major exam, national exam. Now, suppose there is a situation. You know the questions that are going to be asked. And then you have a, a mock examination. <laughs> Whereby you ask the questions. And you practice the writing. That is what is happening in church. The same words that we hear in church are the same words that people are going to hear on the day of judgment. Maybe they despise their preacher. But the Bible tells us that the, the, the voice of Jesus in judgment it shall be the voice of many waters. Is that right? As Jesus judges the earth, his voice shall sound like the voice of many waters. And the, and the prophet tells us that the many waters represent the, the, the voice of ministers. I'm very sure that if somebody is going to stand judgment here and they'll hear the voice of Jesus they'll say hey, is brother born there? Because the voice of Jesus will, will, will sound like the voice of brother Charles. Because it's not waters, it's not voices of ministers that you have not heard. It is ministers that you have heard. So the judgment is starting here. And I'm saying that we are the most privileged people. If whatever is preached in this church, if you take it seriously, if you take it like the voice of God, and you obey it, you will be safe for judgment. Blessed be the name of God. Because judgment begins here. That one will be later. You know, there was a brother, I think he was called Brother, uh, forgetting the name now. You'll find it in this message called uh, God doesn't call a man to judgment before warning him. Or warning than judgment. You find that story there. That brother, he was old, he was old, and he was sick. And he, according to the human, you know, condition or predictions, eh? he would not live very long. 
Then he asked Brother Branham. Brother Branham. Brother my pastor. Now. If you were to stand on the door of heaven. And let me in. Would you, do you think I'm ready to go? Do you think I'm ready to enter heaven? According to you. I wish I had such members. Eh? Who believed that I was a man of God so much. They would seek my, my opinion. Of whether they are ready to, to, to face judgment or not. So, Brother Branham told him, he was called Brother Dao. Brother Dao. Have you ever gone to a doctor for examination? You are not sick. You don't feel sick, rather. You are just going there for an examination for him to assure you that there is nothing silent that, that is going to knock you down at once. And he said, yes, I've done wow. that many times. What does the doctor do? He said, He'll ask you a few questions about how you are living. How are you eating? How are you? How is your walking? Working, sleeping, and other functions of the body. Now we are here. We are not examining the body. We are examining the soul. So you asked a few questions. How do you walk? How do you walk? How do you talk with your wife? What do you do when you get some opposition? How do you live? What do you do with your enemies? How do you do your business? Are you the kind of people who borrow money and or, I don't return? Do you deal with your things honestly? Like it's a soul examination. So, after the doc doctor as addresses your question, then he takes a few samples for he testing. He takes, he takes blood, he takes urine, and tests them. When he gets the results, he compares the results with the medical book. If your blood sugar is compared with what they say in the book to be normal, if it is high, they diagnose diabetes. If it is normal, they tell you you are okay. God also takes things to the laboratory. He, sent, he sends you an enemy to provoke you. He watches how you how you react. Whether you react according to the book. God makes sure he wants to test whether you can steal. So he gives you some money and tells you go and take this money. Nobody is seeing you. This, take this money. Take somewhere. And then he sees whether you are faithful. I don't want to bite. I don't want to stew. <laughs> this, this is my first meeting with you for a long time. I, and I don't want to squeeze you. But yesterday, 
I was dealing with the question of tithes. Do you know that tithes, when God gives you your salary, he has given you his money to take to his house. So he wants to test to see whether you are trustworthy. And some people, they are not faithful because nobody is seeing them. But God is seeing them. God is testing. He is testing honesty and the dependability. Can you say amen? Am I telling you the scriptures? Yes. God is testing your blood. He is testing samples from you. What kind of person you are. Are you doing according to the book? If you are not doing according to the book, you are in danger of judgment. Is that right? That is true. You are in danger of judgment. See? Brethren, we have got to line up with God's word. God will will not take us to heaven because we are message believers. Or because we believe this or that or the other. You you may belong to a correct doctrine. I don't care. You may belong to whatever you want to belong. But God has only one judgment book. You have got to escape judgment. That's the first thing. It is a weighty matter. It's an important issue. It's a priority issue. You must not leave it undone. See? There was a sister that Brother Branham talked about you know there is a guy a preacher he was castigating brother Branham because when he went to his church Branham found there was a sister playing the piano she had a short dress she had a short dress and she was wearing a blouse that was not very good. It was showing her underneath clothes. So this man, he really quarreled with the prophet. How can you have that kind of person? And Brother Brian tried to explain to him. This girl, she just got saved the other day. And she is enthusiastic about playing, about serving the Lord. If you quickly just condemn her, you are going to hurt that baby. Better get an old woman, an old sister, who become friends to her, and just correct her slowly, slowly. And the man could not hear. And the prophet was saying, in his church, he had a sister. She would wear long hair, long dresses, everything dressed correctly. But with a a temper enough to fight a, a power so. See? So you see, this is a person. She spent her Christianity to make sure that she dresses correct. Hair is correct. Her presentation is correct. But neglected her soul. You see what I'm talking about? 
The soul, the e, safety of the soul. Amen. I see my time is gone. But I want to quote uh, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17. Oh, let me quickly, let me quickly go to it. Let me just quickly go to it. Mangodala Katuchisome, Ezekiel Surayakosatu, three Ezekiel Surayakosatu. And verse 17, let's see. Sometimes it makes an impact when you read the scripture. Uh, uh, son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die. And thou give him not warning, nor speak, uh, speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Amen. Now, the, the issue is, we are talking about judgment. Maybe you are okay. But then, in the church, you see people doing things that will put them in trouble with God. And you don't give them warning. You are also in danger of the judgment. Because you have not given them warning. When you see somebody doing something wrong, from, from that time onwards, there are two people who are in trouble with God. The wrongdoer and yourself. Because you have not given him warning. Go and warn him. If he refuses, take two or three more. If he refuses, bring it to the church. So that you can get evil out of the church. But as long as you know people in the church doing wrong, then the church is in danger of judgment. Brother, these are weighty matters that we know. They should not be neglected. Now, the other one. I have 15 minutes. Uh, I would have wanted to, to spend a lot of mercy or, or a lot of time on mercy. Because those are the things that Jesus identified that are priority. Judgment. Mercy. So that there should be mercy in the church. It has got to a place. It has got to a place. When mercy is, is, is disappearing from Christianity. We have a girl in our, in our house. Eh, that we have employed. Who, you, who used to be a Muslim. And I have also heard. That she converted from Islam. And I've also heard other people, Muslim converts. All of them say that compared with Christianity, as far as mercy is concerned, the, the, the mosques do much better than churches. Uh, Somebody will suffer in the church. And people know about it. But no, they mind their own business. Nobody bothers. I don't know whether, how it is here, Brother Charles. But in, in our country, and in my 
What has happened? Echirio. It's that Satan has sent conmen into the message. Stani ya sindika ababi kuruwaka. False brothers. Somebody who doesn't want to work. And, and they know that brethren are tender-hearted. So they come. They, they borrow money. When they have got enough. When they have got enough. They disappear. So now when a genuine brother is in need. Those thieves have hardened people's hearts. And you don't realize that it is the trick of the enemy. Where Jesus, Jesus told us. Yes, we are if somebody comes to ask you for something. Don't turn them away. Can you say amen? Amen. Your amen is so weak. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm teaching the Bible. I know, I know that. I know that. That's right. I'm teaching the Bible. Jesus said, if somebody wants to borrow money from you, don't, don't turn them away. Be tender-hearted. That's the scripture. My brother Charles here. I don't know. I, I've never told him, but I, he, he used to impress me with his knowledge of scriptures. <laughs> he was very well versed with scripture. <laughs> and I'm very sure that he knows I'm teaching scripture. Be tender hearted. Have mercy. Jesus, yes. he taught the story of the parable of the good Samaritan. Yeah. That we should emulate the good Samaritan. And the story goes like this. That a man was going from Jericho to Jerusalem. That was a road full of robbers. And robbers got him. They injured him. And he, they left him as dead. People would pass him. Priests. Church members. Everybody carried them. Nobody has any mercy. Then there came a Samaritan. The Samaritan. By, by Samaritan, Samaria, he means a man who is not known to be spiritual. But he came to this man, when he found him there, he was touched in his heart. He got off of his donkey, came on him, he washed his wounds with oil and wine. Then, then he put him on his donkey. Took him to the inn, to the hotel. And he paid money to the hotel. And he said, take care of him. And if you spend more than this, when I come back, I'll pay you. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Mercy. As blessed are the merciful. For they children of God. We should be merciful. We should make sure that we take all meanness out of our heart. Until we become tender hearted. There was a sister called, what? I think she was a sister, either sister shepherd or something. It's in this message called um, and, what is the message? I'm, I'm forgetting the message now. But, uh, yeah, I'm forgetting the message. But I'll remember it. Now, she saw a dream. And in this, it was a spiritual dream. Because after she told Brother Branham, when he was seeking God about the interpretation, 
God showed him the whole vision in a the whole dream in a vision. And he gave him the interpretation. It is, it is from that message, it is from that dream that he got this message of the stature of the perfect man. That, that diagram there is based on that. But in the dream, where the part that I want, in the dream, this sister was standing at the bottom of the pyramid mountain. And there was water washing off the mountain. And it was, it was uh, wetting her feet. Now, the interpretation was, I, don't, I have no time to, 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 to tell it all, but the part that I want is this. According to the interpretation, this sister, in her, in, her, in her life, her and her husband, they were so kind-hearted no matter if it was a beggar in the street that come to her house, they would not turn them away. They would, they would give them food. See? Anybody who was in need would, would know that there is there's comfort here. There is a resource here. So good. So kind. And they were known like that by people in the church. Now, the interpretation of the dream was God had accepted their kindness. God had recognized that. In heaven. And Jesus was, is teaching here that that is a weighty matter. Kindness. Get away from this meanness. And be kind-hearted one I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my I'm sorry, my minister friends. But let me let me let me say something about minister. Even ministers. Sometimes we are so unkind to one another. Do you know that in this church you have no pastor? In this church, you have no pastor. Who is, who is your pastor here? No, you have no pastor. The church is your children. This is your pastor here. Brother Kid, this is your pastor. We take, we take care of each other. That's the point I mean. We should be kind to one another. If, if, if you hear that I'm done wrong, come, come to me with kindness. kindness. Brother, what, what is this? That <laughs> <I'm doing? laughs> Amen. Blessed be the name of God. Mercy. 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 And I'm telling you, in this message, this is, this is a disaster. Ah, I'm going to say it. In Kenya, we had a pastor. This pastor has done a lot, had done a lot of work in the message. From his youth. And then he became old. You know, when I saw, when I Today, I found my wife to tell her that I am coming to preach in Brother Charles. We are family friends with Brother Charles. So Charles. And then she said, that tall young man. Because when we knew each other, we were young. Oh, but now we are old. <laughs> Amen. 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 So this, this pastor, he was older than us. 
and he became old. Then diseases of age. Until he was, he would not even be able to talk. He, he, able to talk. he could no longer pastor the church. But he was still alive. And the church administration. They they sacked him from being pastor. He had given all his life to the church. Didn't have time to do business. There's no retirement plan. And he died, he died a beggar. No food. And to me, it's a very big shame. Very big Church elders. No mercy. Not even any feeling. Where has the tender-heartedness gone, gone to? I, do you think, is, is that a reflection of Jesus Christ? Would that be a nature of Jesus Christ? Anybody looking at that, picture, you would know there is something wrong with these people. Now I'm telling you, that you, you should elevate what? Mercy. 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 Lastly, can I take five minutes to talk about? Faith. Now the last thing is faith. Faith. You may be good. You may obey all the laws. But you have no faith. Brother Branham said that he used to see wonderful sisters obedient in the church, committed, but when they come for healing, they have no faith. They don't get healed. Because of no faith. Whereas prostitutes, they would somehow, you know, be able to grab faith. And when they come to the front, they get instantly healed. You may be wonderful believers singing in the church. But like that. you never get a prayer answered. Because you don't invest in faith. You don't do activities that would give you faith. How do you get faith? You get faith by, okay, faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. But practically, you need to get to a place where you are, where you are quiet before God. So that God, God can take these words that you hear. Sink them in your heart. Before the prophet went for to, to have the prayer meeting, where you need to have faith, confronting demons, he would have a period of fasting. Now, people don't exercise in things that give them faith. So that in the church, you don't see anything done. There, there are no actions of faith. Brother, sister, we should have sisters like Hannah. Hannah. Who she brings by her faith, by her undying faith, knocking. Until God opens the door. Until you get something done. 
God is glorified when there is a group of people who knock on his door until he opens it. Involving themselves in activities bringing faith and building faith. That is where God is glorified. If there was no faith, we would not have a Bible. If you read in the book of Hebrews 11, and you look at through faith, the heroes of faith, starting with Abel, going on to Noah, going on to Abraham, all those heroes of faith, so we should build faith so that the church is empowered with faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, those three things, let me just close even my notebook here. Let me say this. Those three things, they are weighty matters. They are weighty things. Let them be preached. Let them be practiced. Let people avoid anything that will put them to in, in, in danger of judgment. Let them walk on this earth remembering the judgment day. So that whatever you say, whatever whatever you do, however you deal with your money, however you talk with your wife, with the friends in the world, remembering that God will call you to judgment. Let there be mercy. People build tender hearts towards one another so that they love one another with tender love in the sight of God. And let them build faith. Then if the church does these things, then it will be a strong church. It is the picture that Jesus wants to see here on earth. Then after that, after that you, can about, you can talk about your tithes. Of, of, of mint. And kumi. Those other little things. Jesus said, Don't leave them undone. Teach them also. But focus on this. God bless you. Hallelujah.